uh, first week we talked about, you know, putting God first and what we do and how we give and what needs to take place. And last week I talked about, you know, not tipping God, but learning why we give and what, what, it, what the difference is. And so today I want to talk to you about the blessings of generosity. Say it when we say generosity. Uh, when we follow Jesus, he redefines what can be done with just a little bit. Amen. And so what, you know, it's like, I, I think, you know, it's like we did that dollar challenge. And let me just tell you something. The girls at the office, when they were, they, we, they, they started counting the, they had a stack of dollars, like that one dollar bills. They go, Pastor, next time you do a dollar challenge, would you just let us know so we can prepare? And so thank you for being generous that you took that and, and you went with it. And, you know, I remember, uh, you know, it's amazing when you give. It's like when we've given and helped in different times. I remember one time in one of the floods and a guy came to me because I wasn't even there, but he just came to me and he said, Pastor Bubba, he said, I don't know, but I'm just a dumb Cajun south of Lake Arthur. And he said, your church, the church came and just started helping me in my yard and my house and all the different things that happened. And all of a sudden I began to realize y'all are giving people. And because of that, they came. You understand? And it's like I, just the generosity of this church. And sometimes it's in a monetary form. Other times it's just showing up. Amen? In a disaster. And I'm going to talk about some of those things this morning. So I truly believe it's more blessed to give than to receive. And it's, it's not what normal people do. But who said we're normal? I remember going to the office and go, you don't have normal behavior. Mom, I go, my mom's been telling me that all my life. And so everyone, every, I believe this, everyone gives, but not everyone is generous. How many of you believe that? And so just because uh, you give doesn't mean you're generous. Giving and being generous are two different things. See, as Jesus followers, we grow in generosity and get beyond the scarcity mindset. What happens is I talked about having a scarcity mindset at the beginning where all of a sudden what scarcity is a root word is scared. Uh, you know, I don't want to do that. I've never done anything like that. And, oh, how can I? You know, so here's the thing. What I want to talk to you about this morning is that I believe that when God, when you get saved, God takes that scarcity mindset out of us. Come on. And then what happens, there's an abundant heart of faith from what God, our good God begins to do in our heart. Amen. Remember when you had enough faith for a, a parking space at Walmart? I mean, you just got saved, you're on fire, and go, God, I need a parking spot. And all of a sudden, you're driving, and it's, the, it's like, wow, we're right here. You know, and, and so I believe that, you know, for us, when we find new truths in the Word, God begins to open up our hearts. And so I want to talk to you about those things. What does scarcity mean? I just want to review some things. Last week, we talked, we've been talking about, even the first week, said scarcity means that Number one, that God provides. Say amen, God provides. And when God provides, instead of doing what we think we should be doing, what we should be doing it, we begin to consume. And so as we consume and not having direction from God, we begin to lack. Say amen, say lack. How many of you like to lack? I mean, you know, it's like your checkbook looks at you, it opens up and it slaps you for stupid decisions you've made. You know, like not again. And so it's, you lack. And then what happens when you lack, you begin to fear. Say, say fear. fear. How many ever walked through fear in your life? 
you know? And it's like just having fear, and all of a sudden, it's that cycle. But then we talked about, you know, what it means to be, have abundance, uh, you know? And, and, and uh, abundance means this, is that God provides, and you learn to give. Say, I mean, say give. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, and it's like you've been to learn to give, and then all of a sudden, God begins to multiply. God doesn't believe in addition. God believes in multiplication. You open up your checkbook, and you go, golly. You've had revival in it. How many of you like that revival in your checkbook? All right. Four of you. The rest of you, we're praying for revival. <laughs> Multiplies. And then what happens, when you begin to have multiplication and you begin to see the results of what God has done, what happens is all of a sudden your faith begins to build. Man, I can do this thing. God can help me. God's showing me so I can do this. Are y'all with me? And see, I believe this abundant. I, you know, it's like my best friend. Uh, when he, him and I used to be, room, we went to high school together, and uh, we, had, we were roommates together, and I mean, we both had jobs working offshore and stuff, and we were doing really well, and he actually worked his way up in a company, began to own some of the company, and what happened is, as he owned some of that company, what happened is he told me one day, he said, you know, Bubba, one day, if God ever blesses me, we're going to travel the world together. I'm going to carry your briefcase. Can I just tell you, because he lived in the, he gave, God began to multiply, he had faith, he sold his business, and he got millions of dollars. Say millions. millions. How, many, how many of you like that millions? Okay, listen, for some of you, money speaks. Most of the time he says, goodbye. But, so, but what happened is, he began to, and let me tell you, the last trips that I've gone on, he's paid my airline ticket to go. And him and I, in three weeks, we're going to South Africa together. Amen. Not even in the, not first class, but not economy in the cattle section, but just kind of in the middle section. It's nice. They have leather seats. You can they don't massage you. My wife's not coming. But anyway, just anyway. But what happens is, and it's like it was a dream. It was a desire. And he had a heart of, you know, I'm going to be abundant. I'm going to give. I'm going to help. And see, I want to talk to you about three different ways as Jesus followers that, that we, we can faithfully give. Number one is we give spontaneously. And that's pretty, you know, that's pretty much where everybody's at. Uh, uh, there's a, a time when you see a need in someone else's life, and you meet the need. Say it, when you see it. See it. Say meet it. Yeah. What happens is sometimes God puts people in conversation, or something happens, and you see the need, and God go, and God allows you to see it so you can do something about it. Thanks for all those amens. Because, see, what happens is that's how it happens. You remember, you know, like we've seen disasters, you know, in our lifetime. How about the earthquake in Haiti several years ago? So what people begin to do is they begin to send, you know, supplies and money to help people in the earthquake in Haiti. And, you know, when they show the capital how it cracked, I've been there. I've seen that. You know, I saw the before and I saw the after. And what, what happened is we went there to help. How about the tornadoes in Oklahoma just several years ago going in and wiping out whole towns and wiping out people and people get on the news and tell you about the stories they had and, you know, how God spared them or whatever happened. How about, you know, maybe the floods that we had this past year in Texas, how you went and you served and you cooked and we, we, we cooked for people in the hotels here in Crowley and in Jennings for, I don't know, two, three weeks. And not only that, that we gave and we went to Texas and cooked and served and helped. And when we had the flood the year before here in Louisiana, we just we, we opened up 
the old uh, Gulf Coast Autoplex. They gave it to us to use as a relief center. We had 18 wheelers coming in and giving out supplies. And, you know, people look at you, Pastor Bubba, you like Moses. You're leading us into the promised land. When a lady didn't have be- uh, diapers for her baby. Come on. And we've helped in hurricanes. And so someone in need, you see the need and you're honored and you're excited to help meet that need because what God's done in your heart. Amen. And so for many of us, that's, honestly, this is how most people give. And so this is the story. What I want to tell you is about, I guess the best way I can say it is the best story I could give you is the Samaritan. And, and you know what happened is it's one of the worst places between Jerusalem and um, I'm trying to think of it, and Judea. And what happens is, and it's one of the worst highways. And what happens, this guy gets beat up. If you know the story, he gets beat up. He's laying up in a ditch, all messed up, blood everywhere and everything. And, and they, the story is two, two different religious leaders walk. One walks right, one sees him, walks on the other side. And the other one walks right on the side and avoids him. But then there's this guy, he's a Samaritan. If you know anything about a Samaritan, he, could, he was half of whatever races were there. And so what happens, here's this guy that the society goes, oh, man, you're half. Let me tell you, let me, serving Jesus, you're a whole. Don't matter what half you come from. Can I just say that right now? And so what happens is, is he, we know that he's, he's got bandage. He's get, the, the Samaritan begins to pour oil and begins to wash off the wounds. And he puts bandages on him. He brings him to the, the, the Jerusalem inn. And he gives him his first Jerusalem, capital, capital Jerusalem card. And he said, hey, here, here's two denarius, whatever you need on his account. They took him to emergency care. Oh, if you need to take him there, if you need to take the ER, if you need to go let him see the doctor, we're all, it's all right. Put it on my account. And so that's what the story says. And so, and so this man gave spontaneously, saw the need, and he took care of it. I want to encourage you to give. Just like Jesus, as a Jesus follower, that you would learn to give like he did. Amen? And let me just, Villain was here, Pastor Villain was just here this morning, and, and actually, it's going to lead me to the next point, but I'll just tell you right now, but what happened is, when Villain was coming, they're coming to see their son, Jillian, graduate ORU. And ORU costs, after four years, $160,000. I mean, you know, that's, that's a lot of money. That's folding money. That ain't jingle jangle. And what happens is, now you multiply that by 14. Okay? But here's what happened. He's graduating this year. And so, they, Jillian calls his dad, Dad, I'm graduating, but I, I, I got to pay $4,500. That's all he has left. I mean, just miracle after miracle after miracle, scholarships, all that, and leadership things, and God just provided for him. And so what happens is Pastor Willem and them, they leave Johannesburg and they land in Dubai and he gets a video and we're going to show you the video that Jillian... Hi, Dad. Um, I'm here Turn with it up. Uh, some people from Alumni Relations and ORU. And um, yeah, they just wanted to tell you guys something. Yeah, we just want to let you know that uh, the Alumni Board has chosen uh, Jillian as, as, as a last mile uh, scholarship recipient today. So we are paying off his balance today, uh, 45, about $4,500 today. So God bless you guys. Bless your family. Tracy, you're so good. Bye, Lefiel. I'll see you later. Bye.
That's at South Africa. That's Afrikaans. You can't understand it. But anyway. <laughs> but what happens is, think about it. They leave, and Bilaam goes, oh, Lord, how are we going to do this? And then he gets a call. And see, what happens is, ORU, they pick one student out of the whole student body. One a year, and they say, they've been exceptional, and we're going to pay off their tuition. So they got, and they pick Jillian of all people. Say, favor ain't fair. See, what happens is, not only that, but l- let me just say this. You know what? You start with spontaneity, but giving, but do not, you don't, it doesn't stop there. As Jesus followers, I believe this, we give strategically. And every month, as he's been going to ORU, this church has given him $200 a month to be able to go through ORU. That's just part of what other people, are, are, you, are you hearing me? So it excites me more. He, I'm... He, he doesn't call me pastor, but he, I'm, he calls me Uncle Bubba. And, but it's not because of my generosity only, but it's your generosity as a church, a part of our tithe, and helping people around the world and seeing God do things. Isn't that awesome? So the first thing is we give spontaneity. Uh, uh, okay? Thank you, baby. And, and, uh, and then the second thing is we give you know, uh, strategically, I'm going to shit, Anyway, and uh, I need some water. Give me that. Throw my water bottle. Just throw it. I'll catch it. Thank you. Can I have a drink of water? Okay. Okay, that's all. Anyway. I'm not going to my, mel- you know, but anyway. I can do cartoon characters. Anyway. I, I wish, uh, uh, you know, here's the thing is, this is what you hear people go. I wish I could give more. You can if you make a plan. If you plan on where you want your money to go, you can give more. But see, for most of us, money talks. Most of the time it says, goodbye. You know, and so what happens is we are strategic givers. We give the first 10%. We give as a church. We, we tithe as a church. We prayerfully and strategically give out of, of our church. We do it as an act of worship. That's how we look at it. It's an act of worship. It's a privilege to be able to help someone like a Jillian or build something in a, in a country to help build a school in, in, in Kenya for, or, for 200 orphans. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a privilege to give to help girls that are in the sex, uh, guys are trying to get them in sex trade and we help with the Dignity Project. We're helping girls to learn to say no. And see, what happens is when you strategically give, God is able to do much more. Pastor Jamie was telling about a guy in Eunice, and he said, he said, he said, Pastor Bubba, as I started this series, there's a guy that came to me. He'd been coming to church just for a little while, been counseling him and all that. And I know the guy's grandfather, him and his wife, says, you know what, Pastor Jamie, we're tired of tipping God. We're going to start tithing. He said, great. He came back the next week. He said, Pastor Jamie, when we tithe, we gave our first tithe check. He owns a company. He said, when we gave it, God opened up three jobs. There was no way I could have ever gotten them. But God provided three jobs that are like, just blow my mind. And we look, my wife and I look at it and go, it's because we decided we we decide to stop tipping God. And we said, we're going to give our first and we're going to give our best and we're going to give our tithe. Amen. That's awesome. You know, we plan and we give first. We don't give last. Because of this, this is what we do. You see, everyone has a has a giving plan. Most people don't have a good one. <laughs> Thanks for those amens. <laughs> Give when I can, Pastor Bubba. 
Yeah, because of what he did, we can do, we can do more. And see, starts with the tithe. You so if I, if I will give God my first and my best. And see, let's look at Isaiah. Yeah, and Isaiah says this, Isaiah 32, 8 says, but what people? Generous people, what? To do what is generous. So here's it. People that are generous make a plan. That's what Isaiah says. And they stand firm in their generosity. Most people, you know, consume. That's what they do. They just want to consume. But what, what he's saying here is that what God wants us to do is that, you know, he wants to see most people plan to consume. It's like, oh, man, I like those shoes. And they get their paycheck and they go, man, I'm getting them shoes. Or what they'll do is they'll go, you know, I like that shirt. Ooh, Shad, did you see those dresses for Mother's Day? Ooh, baby, we're going to go to the sale. And see, what happens is, is you know, uh, let, me, let me pick on the guys a little bit. You know, I like those new shotguns they got. You know, the Super Black Eagle 2 is good, but did you hear they got the Super Black Eagle 3? You know what I mean? Come on. And, and it's like we go, and, and what happens is, is that I'm not saying you can't enjoy nice things. I'm not saying you can't do nice things. But what I am saying is that, stop, you know, we are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. Amen? And what happens is, is that, you know, I want you to know this. There's a guy that I know that he, he's serving God. And he, every year that he's been saved, he goes up a percent in his giving. He's at 33% of his income. Some of you go, I wish I could do that. How many of you ever heard of Kraft Cheese? Most of you heard of the, the New England Patriots, okay? Well, the original Mr. Kraft was a, a born-again, spirit-filled Christian that loved Jesus and what he did with his money. Listen to me. You think his, his grandson that runs the Mr. Kraft is all smart? He's living off the blessings of his grandfather and the seed that he put ahead of him. Amen? Because their, their cheese ain't that good anyway. So anyway, just <laughs> not now. But what happens is, is that Mr. Kraft, when he started his business, he worked his way up to he gave away 90% of his income to, the, to further the gospel. How many of you like Borden's milk? Yeah, it's too expensive. <laughs> but he did the same thing. He was like that. Just gave. And see, we give more when we give strategically. Amen? And see, generous people plan to do generous stuff. They just plan it. And so that's what Jesus' followers do. And see, I believe this. This is what we do. And the third, the third and final thing is, is this, is that I believe this, is that we give because we give, not only do we give, you know, spontaneously, not only do we give you know, strategically, but I believe that we need to learn to give sacrificially. Thank you for those amens. You see, so, there's so many stories I could talk about in the Bible about giving sacrificially. But let, let me just say this, is that, it, you know, but, but I believe there's a strong story. Jesus is sitting down at the temple. The cameras won't like this, but anyway, it doesn't matter. He's sitting by the temple Thank you, Don. Can, I know he's the camera guy. Lord, dude. He's sitting down, and he's watching people as they give. He's just watching it. 
Because, you know what, when you give, it says a whole lot about your heart. It just does. The condition of your heart. He's just watching. And look, look, what, look what it says in, in Mark chapter 12, verse 41, 44. Jesus sat down the opposite place where the offering were, uh, were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large sum, large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two, two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling the disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, this poor w- widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty... But in everything, all she had to live on. And see, what Jesus didn't do, he didn't go, hey, honey, hey, Miss Widow, stop. Don't give that. We know you're going to sell. That's all you have to live on. He said, you know what he did? He celebrated this lady. He didn't tell her, stop. He celebrated. You see that lady right there? She gave more than all of them. And, and, and I believe this, the story, it, what, I, I can remember going in Chiapas, and we had done a service in South Mexico near the Guatemala border. There's a lot of Indians. And there was a lady there, and she was going to cook for us after we had the services. And so she, she's telling us, you know, she you come back to my, her hut. It was like a mud hut. And, and she had two chickens running around in the hut. You know, we're just, okay, come back. And she's going to feed you and everything. So we come back. And the chickens aren't there. And in the corner of her mud hut are feathers. And she starts serving us her chickens. She didn't have anything. You know, I have a lot. I didn't need to eat the chicken. Are you hearing me? I was hungry. But you know what? I, it, it, I, I think it was crying chicken to me. I just, I remember just being so moved by her generosity. And I'm thinking, chicken feathers and guts over there. And she's cooking in an open fire with a galvanized pot. And some people going, I ain't eating that. That's a galvanized. That'll poison you. I look at him, no deadly thing will harm you. That's what Jesus said, shut up and eat it. <laughs> That's the guys on, my, on the team that I brought. And, you know, it's like, because you know what? Those little Indians are about this tall. You don't want to get them mad at you. You know, go, Pastor Bob, we, we eat our chicken. You know what I mean? I don't know that. I'm just blown away. You know what like, it's like when, when is the last time that you've given Something sacrificially. I know Shane, I'll, uh, sometimes I, I feel bad, but I'll call him this man, the light things at my house. He's like, he, he is my in-house electrician. You know, it's like, I don't, can I just say something? If you want some of the Bible, I'll help you. But if you want me to fix your lights or uh, hammer something up, forget it. <laughs> Ask my wife, I'll break it. I'll mess it up. I'll shock. I'll do whatever. You know what I mean? I've done that. I'm calling Shane. And he's been over there, helped switches with my sons, beat up a switch or whatever. And, and, and it's just like, thank you, Shane, because sometimes he just sacrifices his time. And I know 
it's not just him, but Jessica gives him up. And she might send him that way if she gets tired. Go, go help Pastor Bubba. I don't know. But, uh, but I believe it, it is because he just has a heart to come and help sometimes. And I appreciate that, Shane. I'm going to give it publicly to you. Y'all give it up. Y'all don't call him unless you hear from Jesus, though. That's my hookup. Pastor Josh's hookup. So we learn to give spontaneously. That's how we give. We give, you know, we give, you know, strategically. We give sacrificially. You know, just recently, just what I've had to personally, my wife and I have gone through is my son, Nathan. Some of you know a little bit about the story and how three years ago he was arrested and, and um, he had broken into the house and stolen some things. And he was on the he was on the paper and all those things, and he went through a different thing. He put, spent six months in jail because I had to press charges because of the drugs and all those things, and just break your heart. And how many nights my wife and I would look at each other, and she'd say, you think he's okay? How many of you know what I'm talking about? You think he's okay? You think he's alive? And if I even just hesitated, he could be dead. You know what I mean? And I remember just... Just times, just like, I, I just want to get away and just pray. And sometimes, you know, I, honestly, I want to say, we brought you in the world. I'm going to take you out. <laughs> times when I, can I just, I'm just confess, time where I punched him. I, the council lady I talked to, she says, how did it feel? I said, it felt good. <laughs> she goes, you probably needed to do it then. You're Pastor Bubba. Can I confess my faults to you? Can I just, let me just tell you something. I am not perfect. So don't start carving statues of me. I can't help you. Only Jesus can. And we learn through those situations. Money being taken. Jewelry. You know, I mean, everything. And then my wife sat him down, I guess about four months ago or so. And she just, he was like the talk. And she finally, and and he's like, it's like, through that conversation, his eyes were open. How many of you sometimes you need your eyes open? And his eyes just got open. And he said, Dad, you know that church in Florida? He goes, you think they still let me go there? Listen, when he said that, I said, I didn't say this. I left and I called him. <laughs> Come on. There ain't no hesitancy in my lips. Some of y'all get out of, got to get out of the book of hesitations, all right? Sometimes you just got to do something quickly. Whatever thou doest, do it quickly. And they said, absolutely. And he had an encounter with Jesus. Literally had an encounter with Jesus. Repented, got right. And you know, he went to Florida. He's got a job. He's, a, he's one of the church custodians. No, no, I mean, I'm not done with the story. He's a church custodian. You know, he works with, it's a big church, it's a mega church. He actually, it's the church that Mike Huckabee goes to. I don't know if you, he met Mike Huckabee today for the first time in the bathroom. I don't know if it was stalls, but anyway, just, that's kind of a weird situation. Hey, Mike, you know, don't, anyway, I got to get out of that picture. Anyway, and, and I'm saying all this to say this, is that we watched, we prayed. Our hearts have been broken. We've had where we get up and then we get disappointed. 
We've gotten happy. We've gotten glad. We've gotten mad. And now you begin to see God just working in him and using him. He said, Dad, and Pastor Jim had prophesied on him. He said, God's going to give you a ring of blessing and favor. I've always known that in his life. He called me the other day. He said, Dad, man, people are like, there's some people jealous of me. There's some people that are like, and I said, son, just remember this. It was hard for Joseph to wear the coat of many colors in front of his brothers because favor ain't fair. And just don't, you can either live by the opinions of what people think about you or you can live by the blessings that God's given you. Amen. Favor ain't fair. <clears throat> he started, one day he's on the, Piano, they have a grand piano at their thing. He's playing the piano. <laughs> and the pastor, the senior pastor, his friend of mine, Steve, Pastor Steve Vigalis, is a part of our family of church. He says, you play music, Nathan. And I'm like, yeah. You, you play other? He can play anything on the stage. You got to play a couple things. Man, we need to talk to the worship leader. Well, long story short, he's doing worship for the youth. He's doing worship for the single adults. Come on. And now he's on the, the big worship team. And God's using him. He's had to ride a bicycle to work. Come on. And he's like, Pastor, man, I need a car. I need a car. Long story short, he worked, he's worked. And this week, he got a car. Can you put it, put it up on there? I'm going to show you a picture of my good-looking boy. That's delivered, Nathan. That's set free, Nathan. He got this car. Listen, I called my friend from Don's Wholesale, Don Mendoza. I said, Don, you got a car for my son. You know, he's working at a church. He said, he don't need nothing to answer. He said, man, I just got a car. He said, he goes, how much you got? I said, $4,000. That's all he got. He goes, I got a grandma car. (laughs) No, no, that's a 2002 Avalon with only 127,000 miles. That's 8,000 miles a year. And he goes, and, and his son, Dylan, had actually said, I actually, when the lady and the man came in, it was a grandma. And her husband was a mechanic. And so what they did is, I just want to say, and then what they did is, out of Don's generosity, Don did this. He said, you know what? He got the mechanics to find everything wrong with it. And we're going to fix everything. That's probably $1,500, $1,600 worth of work they did on that. What Nathan didn't do, people gave. for. I didn't call anybody, but people gave. And he gave a cashier's check to them. Can I just tell you something? It was all a people's sacrifice that helped my son. You put it down. I don't need to see me. He'd get proud if he knows I'm just... He's not going to watch the podcast. I promise you that. But he doesn't watch your daddy preach. His mom, no, he don't like that. Grew up hearing me all the time. But here's the thing. When you learn to give spontaneously, when you learn to give strategically, when you learn to give sacrificially, God will bless. See, we don't pass. You never notice there's a couple of things that we just don't do around here. We don't pass the offering bucket two and three times per service. We don't show you all these needs because you know why? 
We strategically plan on what we're going to give. So when something happens, we have something there to be a blessing to people. Amen? And if we ain't get it, we're going to save for it and help. Amen? We don't do that. And tragically, I grew up, you know, my grandma, I'd go to a church with her, and they go, well, we got the missionaries. You see them over there? And Uganda, them little children ain't got to die if you don't give. You know, flies, you know, all that. And you can give emotionally. But here's the thing. What do we do from day one? And some of you don't know this policy, but just the way it is. From when we started the church, we said this. We're going we're gonna to take up an offering, and if you need something, you can take something out of the basket. Now, the ushers are going, Pastor Bubba, if you feel like you, you see a 10 in there and you got a 20 you want to make change, you can do that. What? Because if you really have a need, because guess what? That's not my money. That's Jesus' money. And if you mess with his money, you got to mess with him. Amen? Three things I've learned not to do as a pastor. The three G's. You don't play with God's girls. You don't play with God's glory. And you don't play with God's gold. Amen? Some of you go, really? I never heard that. Anyway, now you write it down. Let me just say this. All of our pastors, from Lindsay and Josh to Tracy and I to Jamie and Cheryl and Zach and Claire, we want to model what wise stewardship is. We want to lead the way. Amen? Amen. And see, I'll do my best as a pastor to inspire you to give, to help, to do what God's telling you to do. You're never going to have sad stories. You're never going to have pictures. What I will say is that sometimes we'll, we'll tell you what God is doing, the opportunity to help in that way. This is what we do. You know, we, we want to we wanna lead people to find Jesus. We want to help churches. We wanna, we're going to plant more churches. We want to be able to help missionaries. We want to be able to help, you know, empower the needs that people have. That's what we want to do. We want to come alongside and say, hey, man, we just want to be God's hands. We want, to be, we want people to see his generosity. I mean, when we first started the church, this is no lie. Josh, still in here? You still in here, man? Literally, people used to call us sometimes, from, and, and they'd go, hey, man, we heard y'all help people. And go, yeah. And we find out, and we always ask them, you go to a church? Yeah, I go to a church. Well, have you called them? Yeah, they said, they said they don't have anything. They said to call you. Is that right? Yeah. And, and it's like our heart, and it's, I have nothing to prove. But let me tell you something. If you don't believe in the vision, if you don't believe in the heart and the integrity that we have, don't give. But find somewhere that you can give and that you can be a part. Amen? Amen. I'm done. See, now the Bible says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we think and more than we ask. That's the God that we serve. Amen? Just close your eyes and bow your heads. Just want to, maybe you came this morning and you said, well, Pastor Bubba, this is, this is about abundance. And you know what? Maybe you're not walking in the abundant relationship with Jesus. What I mean by that is that you're not walking in God's fullness in your life. And maybe you've allowed compromise. You've allowed different situations, circumstances to get it to your heart. And all of a sudden, you know, money is a taskmaster. And it's a cruel taskmaster if you live for it. But when you live for God, he teaches you how to steward what he's giving you. And so my encouragement to maybe you heard this morning, say, you know, Pastor Bob, I'm really not walking with God like I should. I'm really not at the place where I need to be. 
Would you pray for me? Because I want to walk out of here a different person. I want to walk out here being a Jesus follower and walking in obedience to his voice in my life and do what he wants me to. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Thank 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 you. Anyone else? Thank you. Put it down. Thank you in the back. Thank you. Thank you in the far back. Yes, thank you. Let's pray. Can we all just pray? Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you just like I am, filled with guilt, shame, and sin. ask you to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross for me. Come on, don't give up. That you rose from the grave to give me power to be an overcomer. Today, I give you all my heart. I want to serve you with a whole heart for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, give, let's give a, a hand clap to those that prayed. There was many. Let me just say this. Jesus made the greatest sacrifice by dying on the cross, but he didn't stay on the cross. He rose from the grave. The Bible says the same power that the, the, the same power that, that he rose from the grave is is given to us as believers.